I was lone wolfing it. I was trying to do everything on my own. That's the biggest thing I have to tell veterans, especially is don't be a lone wolf. You know, fix your business now. Don't be unprofitable for five years because you're too proud or stubborn to ask for help. Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. You got with you today, the Knucklehead. And we don't always have repeat guests on, but... I want to say an advantage of having a medium like this is you develop some cool relationships. You develop some personal relationships that people that you do business with. There's a lot of advantages that I can't really get into all of those idiosyncrasies right now. One of the things that I've been fortunate enough is to develop an audience and a friendship and just an opportunity to have a relationship with our next guest. He's a PhD. He's an Air Force vet. He's just an overall good guy. And to be honest with you, if you're single and you're a lady in, in Southern California and you don't know Rob Garcia, you're putting yourself between a rock and a hard place. Now, I may have just walked into a buzzsaw there. Who knows? He may have a lady he's been courting for some time that may not like the sound of that. But judging from his reaction here on the screen, he looks like he's he's smiling a little bit. So he he is appreciating that call to action. Should we give your address and telephone number? It's, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you, Rob. How, how in the hell are you? <laughs> really good. Wow. That is an introduction. Congratulations, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot of developing stories and storylines, not just with repeat guests, but just coming back and checking in with folks. I mean, there's media coverage of a pandemic. There's there's obviously some challenges that are happening right now in the marketplace with the handling of the pandemic at this point. So we adapt and overcome. That's what we do in business. And that's what we do as service members. So what's been going on with Dr. Rob over the last few weeks? I'm curious. Tell these people what you've been up to. Yeah. Well, the last time I was interviewed on Knucklehead was December 2018. I looked it up and because it was pivotal to know when we touched base because so much stuff happened in 2018. Um, you know, I went to the Middle East. My mom died of cancer. I came back, had a nervous breakdown right after MIC. And then I interviewed with you. And so since then, I went through 2019. Just Actually, let's pause for a second. Let's pause for a second. So it's been, for context, 18 months since we've had you on the podcast. We ran into each other again over at Military Influencer Conference, which has subsequently made the announcement recently that they are pivoting to a virtual-only event. So last year, it was in person. It was in Washington, D.C., and it was supposed to be in San Antonio a little bit later on this year. Now it's going to be a virtual event. I got to ask you, the clients that you work with, are they all exclusively military folks, or are you working with more private businesses, or is there a nice blend of the two? That's a great question. Recently, my one-on-one clients have actually been working professionals. And I'm, I'm starting to find this is a much better pivot for both of us because working professionals like realtors, lawyers, people like that, they have more money than time. And they need what I do, which is visibility and growth strategies. But they just they, they have to focus on their core industry, right? They have to make the law contracts. They have to make the real estate deals, all that stuff. They don't necessarily have time to do the social media or time to develop the onboarding process. And that's why they can just cut me a check, say, Hey, Rob, do your magic and get me on some, you know, some media. And then I go to town. So that's really the biggest transition. 
And when you say media, let's be specific. So for those of you who are listening, Dr. Rob, as I like to call him, and you may hear me refer to him as things other than that, but I answer to knucklehead just like he answers to Dr. Rob sometimes. So it's important to have a delineation here. He is a PhD. I drug my way through college and am a few credit hours away from my MBA. However, you would never hear it listening to my Southern jargon and knuckleheadedness fumble through the English language uh, here on these podcasts. So I think the clear question that I had was when people think of Dr. Rob, you're not talking about CNN. You're not talking about Fox News or Fox Business. You're talking about local media and then parlaying that into the opportunity to get on those larger broadcast networks. Is that what I'm hearing or is that a mischaracterization? That's a really good question because I'm always very specific to tell people what I can do and can't do because I'm not going to charge somebody premium prices if I can't get them a premium appearance. So what I do, I usually start off, I put them in my magazine and for a lot of people, that's their first time they've ever been covered. Once we get the magazine, we can piggyback on the two usually good business podcasts and then from then on, we go for local news, local newspaper, and then we start just going through the nation. I can get somebody about eight to 10 media interviews within about two months, but I'm not a PR guy, which is the real uh, misnomer, Stephen. And a lot of people don't understand this. They think I'm a, either a digital marketer or a PR person. I, I'm not. I, I do everything that's in Tactical CEQ, which is a course I created, just has four tenets. It's, it's strategic social media. It's influencer and celebrity partnerships. It's media interviews and then audience building. And if you do those four things, your business will grow organically. So when it comes to audience building, I think it's important to start there. So, all right, let's look at podcasting, for instance. You had mentioned that your clients would come onto a business podcast, right? So they're having business conversations with whomever the podcast host is. However, they're really having a conversation with who happens to be listening to that show. And the hope is, is there's an effective conversion rate if they can articulate their message well enough to where people decide, yeah, I want to do business with that person. Or is it simply just an awareness where you're growing the awareness because then you're starting to dovetail a little bit into kind of what influencers tout out there where they say, hey, listen, look at the size of my audience. Look at how much social proof I have. Oh, by the way, buy my t-shirt. Right. What I do is when I take somebody before a podcast, I prep them because most people just go on podcasts and they have no call to action. They have no idea what to do when the, the interview's over. So first of all, I teach them to have something ready. Steve Ulcher is incredible. And I saw, I saw him speaking once and he said that he makes $1,000 every time he goes on a podcast just because he has an ebook ready to sell at the end of the podcast and a website URL. So I, I have my guest, I prep them, I teach them how to be interesting. And then I show them, okay, at the end of this, you're going to get a shout out. Where do you want the listeners to go? Do you want them to check out your website? Do you want them to buy something? Do you have a course or a program? You know, where is this going to go? Just like you said, Stephen, they have to have a, an objective, an end game. Then once the podcast is released, they can use that, pop that into their branding and their media page. Every single business owner should have an as featured on media page. If they don't, they need to start because that's how you get brand credibility in your industry. So if I'm a plumber, that's important. Yeah. If you're a plumber and then your main website has an actual banner featured on, you know, this, this morning show, the news, this podcast, blah, blah, blah. And then you have a media page on, you know, your, your, your media page and you just have links to all these interviews and you have screenshots of you when you're on camera and all this different stuff. It makes your company look a lot more credible than the plumber that just throws up a, you know, a free website. It's all about quality and positioning. And you and I both have upgraded severely since the last time we spoke. 
Well, I, I don't know how much I've upgraded, but I trust that you have, you know, we're just trudging along. We just do what we do. And we, I mean, we do what we do well, but for those of you who are listening to the podcast, you don't want to hear Stephen talk about all the things that we've done. Great. You're tuning in for all the things that you've screwed up along the way. So when it comes to what you've leveled up, Rob, where have you honestly stepped on it? Where have you found that <laughs> maybe your, your service is more suited for a, uh, you know, a commercial real estate agent who doesn't have any military experience versus dealing with the gobbledygook of trying to help somebody transition away from being a service member to actually being a functioning business professional? Where, I mean, where have you stepped on it over the last couple of years? Hey, you ever asked yourself why you haven't started a podcast? Well, I already know the reason. So do you. You don't feel like you're tech savvy. You don't feel like you got your message wired tight. And quite frankly, it's just, it's all this mystification going on. Quite frankly, uh, our process helps to demystify that. We're push button for podcasts. We're knucklehead. Why knucklehead? Well, we lead with the fact that you don't know what you're doing. We do. We've been there. We've actually been in your shoes. We take your spoken voice. We literally give a human voice to your website. You want to bring dead leads to life? Well, then you need to talk to Knucklehead. Essentially, what we're going to do is we're going to take you through our process and we're going to help take your human voice and increase the process for you going from dead leads to life. How do I, how do, I do that? Well, you essentially just take your human voice, put it in a directory and let people consume more of you. Give your audience the ability to Netflix on you. They want to binge watch you. They want to binge listen. Give them the ability to take your voice along on that commute with them. So you can get in touch with us, Steven at Knucklehead Podcasts, or if you've got a really cool story, stories at Knucklehead Podcasts. You can find us on LinkedIn and on Facebook at Knucklehead Promotions LLC and get in touch with us. Don't be a beta about the process. Don't let the fact that you don't know prevent you from getting some wins. So don't be a beta, get some wins and contact us today. See ya. Great question. The biggest self-faults of isolated that have really needed to be remedied are the way that I spend my time not wasting time on social media. Everything I do, if you see a post of mine, you can actually look at it and think, okay, Rob's trying to do this, dot, dot, dot. Instead of, you don't see me arguing with people for hours at a time. You don't see me doing political stuff, divisive posts, anything like that. I'm either promoting someone, teaching business, or bringing people together for a good cause. So that was the biggest thing is taking back my time, my productivity. The next thing was I needed to hire out because I was lone wolf in it. I was trying to do everything on my own and veterans, especially this is, if there's one thing you're going to take from this interview today, ask yourself, am I lone wolfing? And could I like hand some stuff off to a flunky, an intern, an assistant, whoever. And the first two things you should hand off are your admin tasks and your social media management. And it's not that expensive to do this. Don't make excuses. Sure. Well, I mean, you're talking about two things. One, you can really rub somebody the wrong way if you don't adequately handle your admin tasks yourself. So now you're talking about passing that entire process off to somebody else. So you can really step on it there. Let's use it for instance. Steven, today, he had a call set up and we're delayed by the half hour, 45 minutes before we even get rolling. So obviously I, I stepped on a little bit, even having you onto the podcast right here. So have you experienced something where, you know, you felt like, yeah, I'm paying somebody else to do this for me, but maybe I didn't do a very good job of explaining what they need to do in order to, to deconflict calendars here. Or have you ran into a situation where that's kind of blown up in your face with the client? Sometimes with clients, I mean, you do have to have a certain degree of flexibility depending on the circumstances and you have to, you have to have empathy because trust me, Steven scheduling, I'll tell you a fix I just made. And this is, this is a huge one, man. Um, 
my notifications were turned off on my phone this entire time like since I've had my phone. And so I've wondered because there've been times when I've, I've been scheduled for meetings with people and Zooms and, and interviews and all kinds of stuff. And then I haven't seen it. And it's not that I, I intentionally like blow people off, but my days are busy. And so I fixed that like two days ago, even with you, like I programmed you and my phone finally popped up. This is gonna help me tremendously, but these are the things you have to look at. Do you see a pattern of why do I keep missing appointments? Why am I not notified? Why am I screwing up these days and these times with people? figure it out. So that was my big fix for the week. So for those of you who are listening, who are, who are kind of laughing to yourselves a little bit here, we've all been there. We've all been there where we shut our phone off and forgot to turn notifications back on, or you put it on, on auto sleep. So I used to run a sales team and what I did in here, this is, this is something for y'all to laugh at. I set a rule whenever we came to the meeting, I go, guys, listen. And when I was talking about guys, there was women in the room. So it's, tw- it's 2020 guys is a, a term to meant to uh, connect with everybody here. All right. So guys and gals, whenever we have a meeting, we're having a meeting about a thing. And that thing is obviously more important for us to stop what we're doing in order to have this meeting. So if you have your phone, which is constantly wanting to pull you back into what you just left to have this meeting, you're completely defeating the purpose of having a meeting only to me, the manager and the leader and the, the, the builder of the teams to bring my phone to the next meeting. And I'm sitting there starting and I'm like, Oh crap, guys, so listen, I owe you pushups. So I, you know, I put my phone over to the side and I did pushups and then we started our meeting. But my whole point in saying that is you will get more mileage out of your, out of your meeting. If you actually do what you plan to do. And what Rob wants to do is he wants to leave a good impression with those folks uh, who he does business with. I'm curious when it comes to shift magazine, because that's the name of the publication that you publish. Help me understand, was it the construction of something from start to finish, like from scratch? Like, help me understand what your thought process with that publication was. Well, Shift was a, was a labor of love, uh, just naturally evolved because I loved writing and I liked Tim Ferriss. And I thought, okay, what if Tim Ferriss made a magazine, uh, but with a veteran slant, what would it look like? And so over the last uh, four years, it's evolved. And even since our, our last interview, uh, I figured out finally how to really make it profitable. And so I've broken the last three issues have broken the sales record every time. And I hope I keep doing it. It's amazing. But I've I've just, I've really learned that the biggest thing is the power of not just advertising, but leveraging your influence for promotion. That is what gets people to buy from you. If you have any type of media platform, whether it's podcast, magazine, blog, you know, just Zooms, Facebook Lives, whatever. Once I started incorporating personal promotion and custom endorsement for the sponsors and getting them sales, then it's just people were just here, take my money. It was amazing. So talk talk to me a little bit about that because we just wrote a blog on our podcast about influencers and conflating numbers and you know uh, and when I say we wrote a blog about it, I'll be specific. There's this topic of social media and where it fits into the buying process for services and product-based businesses. And do they use those social media platforms to expand their brand or do they do that to, to kind of run a, um, you know, a filter over the top of what it is that they put out there to establish intent and influencers in a lot of cases are typically celebrities who happen to have social media platforms that are ran by folks other than themselves. And so I'm, I'm just curious to see kind of what your thought process is, what you've observed in a, don't take this the wrong way, but maybe in a, in a more coastal 
maybe superficially oriented area of the country uh, like San Diego, as opposed to, you know, a place like where I'm from uh, in the great country of Texas. So help me understand kind of what your perception is of influencers and where it fits in the buying process and what you've observed, given how people leverage their influence to try to make buying decisions or help others make buying decisions. Yeah, it's it's uh it's one of the things I teach in my course is the partnership with legit celebrities. But in order to sell influence and sell sponsorships and all this stuff, they have to have the ability to a create opportunities and b actually move the needle. Moving the needle, in my my definition, means that they can generate sales a certain amount upon command. And so this is where it gets dicey because somebody can have two million bot followers, but if they don't have connection they cannot leverage their influence to induce a sale. Whereas the one thing I've done right is I've made connections with as many people as possible. When you see me do a Facebook Live, I know 85% of the people that are watching me, I know where they live, I know what they sell, I know what their industry is, if they serve, like all this different stuff because I take the time to actually build those connections. So when, for example, I had a, I had a, uh, a guy I featured in the magazine I wrote one Facebook post about him and got him 18 warm leads. And that's the value. That really shows the the power of a connected audience versus like 2 million people, you know, on Instagram that are bought, that are never going to do, you know, anything you want them to do. There's a a very connected sales individual who's kind of brought himself up by the bootstrap, so to speak, who wrote a book on, on what that process has been like for him. And what he's done is he's worked in these VC backed technology companies for quite some time. And he's done a really good job at garnering support, influencing those are on a sales team, leading up the chain of command, so to speak, by influencing VCs to make better decisions and kind of respect his, his perspective. And he's recently, and I've seen this trend now where folks are pivoting over to think a platform like Patreon or Supercast, mm-hmm. where they're leveraging exclusive content for those that follow their information, as opposed to just hitching their wagon to what a company puts out there. And I'm curious, have you studied any of those dynamics or have you, have you evaluated small niche audience engagement as opposed to maybe big brand recognition, like we're a a Coca-Cola, just as an example of a brand who has a huge, huge following, but maybe not necessarily the last mile of logistics measured out unless they're a bottling company. I have a bold take for you. And this is so out of the box that I, I feel like more people should do this. But what if, let's say you have a regular size company, like five, seven employees, whatever. What if every single one of them was given social media training, given promotion training, learn how to build an audience. And then all of them had this combined effort where you have five to seven people that are making content, that are out there prospecting, lead generation, all this stuff. And it's not that difficult to do. 30 minutes a day and you can manage your social media stuff. But this is the the conversation I've had with a couple of, of larger business owners about take your celebrities and make them influencers slash thought leaders slash social media managers that are all collectively promoting one brand. That I think is, is the future as more people, as we're hiring more millennials and more people that are tech savvy. That's just my thought. Well, I mean, it's, it's more than just a thought, Dr. Rob. So let's take it one step further. Let's evaluate examples in the marketplace of uh, entities who've been able to do this and do this well. There's two that come to mind for me. Can you think of any in particular that are maybe better than most at being relatable, but that also have some very, very clear examples of commercial successes as part of their brand? 
That's such a, a good question because I, I can't think of any that have really taken the concept. Barstool Sports. And the only reason why I'm, I'm talking about that, and I'm, I'm not trying to play gotcha here. I just, I, th- I want to have a commercial example out there in the marketplace of what you're talking about. If people want to go and, and go to Barstool Sports, they could search a social media platform and look for them. And then what you'll uncover is there's a commercial opportunity for each one of those brands under the Barstool brand. And what happens is, is they've, they've kind of activated their audience to honestly pay them for their influence. An example of that is, is there was one guy who uh, came up with a brand called Zillion Beers. It's not that it's not really all that crazy, but what he did is he sold a million dollars worth of merch over a two week period of time, but it started out as a 10,000 or $15,000 bet with the founder of the company. And the only reason why I'm, I'm using this to substantiate or show evidence to your, to your bold take is people are already out there doing it. And there was a casino company who's a holding company that ended up buying them. It's called Penn National. And their value dropped all the way down to $6 whenever the pandemic hit because nobody's going to the casinos. But the reason why they're trading at $35 a share right now is because they made a strategic investment into a, a media conglomerate like Barstool Sports. That's a great example, man. I'm, I'm glad you shared that with me. This is this is one of the areas I'm really weak at because you're very good at analyzing business moves and reading about bigger corporations. And I completely am in the entrepreneurial sphere instead of the corporate sphere. So I, I appreciate this greatly. It's, it's very educational for me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, the, you, the tactics that you use, Dr. Robin, I think it's important to to hover over this for just a second. This is not quite podcast. This is not a, you did it perfectly for the first time podcast, right? So when it comes to the publication that you put together, that was a labor of love, which you've been able to uncover over the course of maybe not attracting sponsors the way that you wanted to, is now you've created this digital media asset like a a magazine and you make the cover look very, very appealing. And so now you've through fumbling through a few sponsorship opportunities. What, I guess my question is, is what, what has that taught you about what drives why somebody would want to come and sponsor your digital asset? What has that shown you? It's made me better at moving the needle and understanding the emotional concept of how I can induce someone to buy for the right reason for being, you know, I never want to manipulate anyone into just buying something for a reason. And I don't take on, I don't take money from people unless I can create a, a legit result. Because the way that media works right now is that most people will pay a bunch of money to a magazine or a website or whatever, and they'll appear for one month, they get some website traffic, maybe some sales, and then that's it. The way that I do it, I incorporate not only the actual coverage itself, but personal endorsement. I use their products, do work that matters. Uh, I, I wear their clothes and they send me free boxes all the time. But the point is I've created a, a promotion experience that's different from the way that anybody, any of the large magazines are doing it. The Shift Magazine does things differently from everybody else out there because the magazine will come out and then I'm going to push it out to everybody. Then I'm going to take out Facebook ads. Then I'm going to endorse every sponsor personally. And then I'm going to tag like 20 influencers that I know and say, hey, check out the magazine. So it's just, it's repeated coverage for the sponsors. And that's that's the real difference. And my prices are not crazy. I'm, I'm very, I have a small following, 
but I have a connected audience. So if I tell people, hey, check out this product, check out Ballish Woodworks, you know, they got amazing cutting boards and check out Mutt Sauce or whatever, then they will see an uptick in sales. And I hear this time and time again from the sponsors, dude, you did this video and you know, my website traffic went crazy. So that's, that's been the biggest change. How do you vet who you want to work with on the influencer side? Because there's a lot of smoke and mirrors that exists out there in the social media sphere where you have an individual with a million followers where they'll go and, and do a sponsored post and take a fee and not, I mean, I remember I had somebody who wanted to come on the podcast uh, and I reached out to him. I, I, I did. I was interested in what they had to say. And I just said, Hey, would you be interested in coming on and talking a little bit more about what it is that you do and why? And, uh, and they said, sure. Yeah. Well, how much do you pay for an appearance? You know? And I told them to go F himself. Fantastic. I mean, I appreciate the initiative. I, I really do. In the in the military, there's there's a phrase called "good initiative, bad judgment." It was good initiative on, on their part. It was bad judgment from them to ask me. I mean, you can't you can't fault the, the guy for asking. But I was just curious. Hey, listen, the value of your two hundred twenty five thousand followers to my podcast isn't first. There wasn't a calibration of of expectations. There wasn't any type of need whatsoever. There was, it was just the immediate ask of what are you going to pay me for my time? I, I love it. But at the same time, I can also pass up that opportunity to have an interview with them. So I'm curious, how do you vet who you want to work with, especially on the influencer side? That's such a good question. And I look at a couple different metrics. So I look, this is, this is absolutely crazy, but this is, I think, why you interview me because I'm, I'm very asymmetrical. So I look at their last 20 social media posts and I see, okay, how many people did they promote or did they just make it about themselves? I'm really, really adamant about not pairing up with vain self-promoting people. So that's the first thing. Are they out actively promoting or helping other people doing anything for anyone else? And I've actually defriended people I know really well because of this. So that's the first metric. The second metric, they have to be ethical. So it, you and I both know some people in, in the PR world that have we'll just say not great reputations. If somebody has complaints, like multiple complaints against them, I'm not going to work with them. And I've turned down a very, very large name, celebrity level influencer for my magazine. Once I read that they had 67 complaints in the Better Business Bureau, I was, I'm like, no, I'm not associating my brain with that. And then the third thing is, are they actually doing something like involved in some type of charity or a nonprofit or a cause? That's not always the sole metric, but it helps. If I'm out promoting people or I'm out doing some kind of deal with someone, I, I've really got to make sure that they're out there for the right reasons and they're not just doing cash grabs. Uh, I, I do know influencers that are straight up just, just chasing cash grabs one after another after another, and they're never, ever doing anything for their audience. And just, that's, yeah, that's, that's the main metric. That's helpful. So for those of you who are listening to this podcast and you're interested in what the process is like to get the attention of the reporter at your local major network affiliate, or if you're, you're interested in parlating that particular appearance into, into something more substantial, Dr. Rob has just essentially articulated a plan, a three-step plan on how he uses social media to vet folks. And then he also uses it to, to leverage attention for, for himself and his digital asset known as the Shift Magazine. Where can people find more information out about not just Shift Magazine, but sponsorship opportunities or you know maybe opportunities to work with you directly? 
As far as sponsorship opportunities, if you want to cash in, I've done a lot of content lately on my YouTube channel and I've gotten a lot of very good feedback. So I just talk about how to make pricing tiers, how to properly price yourself so that you're not too high, not too low. The seven factors that go into a, a pricing package for sponsors. Um, so yeah, check out the, the YouTube channel at Blue Dragon Rob one And then my main website where you can sign up for a free consultation is yournextlevelofsuccess.com. Very cool. And then what's the best social media platform for folks outside of YouTube to contact you directly? Would it be Twitter face or linked snap? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you. But which, which one is, which one is it? <laughs> it's pretty much uh, Facebook. I don't even have an Instagram. I'm too old. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right. So Dr. Rob over on YouTube, blue dragon, blue dragon, Rob one, blue dragon, Rob one on YouTube. And with that, we essentially are, are running up the tail end of time here. Dr. Rob, any saved rounds, anything else that we want to make sure that we get in here before we jam? Yeah. For everybody listening, just look at your business, honestly, and ask for help. Like that's the biggest thing I have to tell veterans, especially is don't be a lone wolf. You know, fix your business now. Don't be unprofitable for five years because you're too proud or stubborn to ask for help. That's my profound advice for the day. Well, appreciate you taking some time. I think it's important that in today's world, you can have a conversation with somebody over social media, ask for an appointment, develop a relationship. And here's just an example of, of that type of intersection of, of ambition. Fast forward a couple months. And when I say a couple months, I really mean 18 months because it's, you know, Rob's gone through a lot of changes in his business and he's noticing some changes in Knucklehead, which is great. For those of you who are listening, the important lesson to take from this is as you grow in your organization's influence and, you know, you end up finding yourself further and further away from the operational and the tactical, know that there's other people out there that are doing the same thing and you can actually have good strategic conversations and potentially, I don't know very many people in San Diego outside of the clients that we work with that we can help. And Rob knows that if there's folks here in Dallas that need some help, there's a cross-promotional opportunity. So anyway, there's a significant amount of value in the time that we spent today just talking through some of these things. And so I appreciate that profound advice that you gave, Dr. Rob. I always appreciate you being able to take the time to talk just because we've had several conversations outside of this podcast that have been very good too. So for those of you who are listening, my encouragement is to go out and get some wins. Don't be a beta about the process. And he's exactly right. Ask for some help if you need it because <laughs> there's things that we just don't do very well that other people can do better. Um, anything else, Rob, that we need to leave with? Just want to say thanks, Stephen. You, you put out a great product with this podcast. It's, it's one of my favorite shows as far as just the level of content and just what you're doing out there. The, the branding of Knucklehead's amazing. And it's really why I came to you a second time and didn't ask you for a fee. <laughs> a placement fee. I can't believe that. <laughs> it is what it is. I've been asked worse. It's crazy. But yeah, man, absolutely. Well, for those of you who like listening, new episodes coming at you every Tuesday. With that, Dr. Rob, we will talk to you soon. Have a good rest of the day, okay? Thanks, brother. You bet.